one council member would come in frequently, uh, which probably became all too frequently in my opinion after a <laughs> while because every time they came in, they were saying, I think you should resign. I think you should resign. They always ended, I think you should resign. are listening to Manager Brothers Lessons Learned. Twice each month, Greg and Jay Goodchow draw on their combined 80 plus years of state and local government work experience to help listeners avoid the pitfalls they and others have unwittingly stumbled into. And now, on to the episode. Welcome to Manager Brothers Lessons Learned, Episode 3. This morning we'll be talking about avoiding personal agendas and uh, just as a little bit of a lead into that, uh, talking about the impact of both uh, municipal managers and elected officials' efforts to implement personal agendas and what some of the pitfalls uh, may be with that. this is uh, Jay Goodshow, and on the other end is uh, my brother Greg Goodshow. What I wanted to start with, uh, too, and, and I've said in, in our previous episodes, uh, talking about my experience, you know, working for the state of Michigan, and then of course jumping into working as a municipal manager in several uh, municipalities. So I, I'm going to be talking about experiences in both of those, uh, both of those positions. But just to give some some background, um, you know, as we get into some of the motivation for people uh, deciding to be municipal managers or be deciding to be elected officials, uh, I thought it was would be interesting to kind of review some old uh, concepts. Many of us have, have heard the expression, the Peter Principle, and just in a nutshell, that is defined as a person rising to their level of incompetence. So that kind of talks about, you know, you, you apply for promotions or what have you um, and work up to a point. Oftentimes people work up to a point to where they are not particularly proficient at that, uh, at that particular level. Well, in my experience working with the state of Michigan, they would go through uh, a periodic contraction with the budget, uh, just based on revenue and you know juggling different uh, funding uh, funding sources for various programs. So uh, periodically, they would decide the state of Michigan would decide they had too many employees, so they would offer uh, early retirement incentives and what have you. And in one one particular instance. Um, they estimated how many thousands of people were going to uh, accept the uh, the incentives, and it turned out that there were uh, three times that number actually jumped off of their their jobs, I guess, with the state of Michigan early. So it left this tremendous void, uh, especially in in upper level management, you know, because those were the people that had been with the state generally for the longest period of time mm-hmm. and were eligible to retire. So in this particular instance, it, uh, the, uh, the the expression, the bozo explosion, seemed to to fit that bill. And 
Which, which um, seems to which seems to disparage clowns uh, universally. Uh, by the way, yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. And I, you know, I think Bozo was probably a great clown, you know. But it's just the uh, the image I think they're trying to trying to portray with that. And, and oddly enough, I had a I had a uh, boss at one point uh, that uh, behind behind his back we referred to him as Bozo. Uh, <laughs> had, had a lot to do with his hairstyle. <laughs> anyway, I won't I won't say much more than that. But he didn't. Was, he didn't wear a red nose and have uh, no, the white no, makeup on and <laughs> he, he did not he did not need to <laughs> anyway but but he was the epitome of this bozo explosion so basically unlike the peter principle where you rise you know one level above your level of incompetence because of these this huge void with upper level management people oftentimes were appointed to positions Two or more levels above their level of incompetence. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's where that uh, came into being. And, and, and using that other illustration just to kind of give you a, a little hint of of his of this personality that was involved in his first two weeks, probably um, as the head of our agency, um, people thought that he was. Uh, just really angry with everybody all the time. He was sending out a lot of emails. Uh, he was kind of the master of, of uh, delegation, so there was a lot of emails going out. But everybody thought he was angry because uh, he sent all these emails out uh, with capital letters. And <laughs> finally, after two weeks, somebody said something to him, and he had no idea where the caps lock button was on his keyboard. <laughs> 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 anyway, so we, and, we and, knew he had, and he hadn't bothered to take the time to try and figure it out, so that he wasn't, no. uh, you know, using uh, shouting in his emails. Huh? <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so there, there's a commercial on TV where that's you know, an illustration, and I thought, boy, this is reminiscent <laughs> here. So anyway, but that was, yeah, that was that was uh, uh, telling, very telling, you know, as far as what we were going to be experiencing in the next uh, few years of his being in charge. So well, uh, Jay, uh, Jay, before we go on, I think we really want to be clear here you know you obviously went through a number of times where they had these uh, early retirement incentives and and whatever uh, I think the listeners are likely to wonder is that how you gained promotion was as a result of you know were you part of the were you know I, let's be frank here and let's be honest with people were you part of the bozo explosion <laughs> I, I was not I uh, my it, it seems un unlikely, but uh, in my 32 years of experience, I had one promotion <laughs> during that period of time, and it was... No, I was, know I know uh, you. That doesn't seem odd at all to me. <laughs> it was, well, no, that's true, because I, you know, I kind of get entrenched in a, in a position, you know, so um, it's not for the lack of trying, but I what I discovered is that I was not very good at telling people what they wanted to hear during interviews. Oh, <laughs> so that, that doesn't surprise me either. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I, you know, I, I kind of learned my lesson, but uh, it just took a long time uh, to realize that. But um, in this particular instance, uh, I was working directly for uh, Bozo, as it were, and as I said, he was uh, very good at delegating, and it it brought up you know this this expression that has uh, uh, been attributed to Shakespeare. 
uh, where a person is a jack of all trades and a master of none, and that's a, that's a paraphrase, apparently. Um, so in his particular case, uh, uh, he was a master delegator, but a master of none, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so anyway, but... Uh, well, just, just the interesting thing about that expression, Jay, uh, and that is the actual expression is to be uh, referring to somebody as a jack of all trades. The way it goes is a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Correct. And so, you know, for this, I think, is particularly relevant to those of us who are in municipal government because we do have a wide range of areas that we have to be responsible for. So, you know, shortening that up uh, really oftentimes betrays what the real meaning of that was. No, and I understand that, and, and that's, you know, I think probably a, a subject of a future episode we can get into, you know, what, what is behind uh, municipal managers' decisions when they look at uh, where they want to consider, you know, applying or accepting, uh, you know, accepting an assignment. You know, we all look for, you know, that particular niche, and mm -hmm. that's, that's something that I think we can get into, I, I, I think, looking at, in my particular case, you know, uh, I, I specifically look for smaller communities versus larger communities, and there's a vast, you know, vast difference. So we can, you know, obviously there's yep. probably it'll take a lot more time than we'll have with this particular episode. So we'll kind of park that thought and, and come back to that in a, in a future episode. But, um, but in talking about, you know, the Peter Principle and the uh, Bozo explosion, you know, you might ask, you know, what's the ha what, what does this have to do with municipal management? What does this have to do with municipal management anyway? How is, how is this applicable to those of us that went into city management as a career? Well, I was going to say it has nothing to do with municipal management. Oh, all right. <laughs> so there's just an interesting little uh, analogy, but uh, but no, it 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 does in a sense. You know, we it isn't the same as what I experienced working for state government. But in my in my observation, I have seen. Um, municipal managers that have, you know, I'm not sure what their rationale was for looking at this particular career, but what their uh, vision was for, you know, for the position. And I've seen, you know, I've seen managers who, you know, put their feet up on the desk and waited for business to come to them, where in my experience uh, working in communities, I was never at a loss for something to do. I mean, you could you know, every day was different. There was, you know, there was something to be done at all times. There was mm -hmm. certainly no, no time to, you know, put your feet up and, and relax necessarily. Um, in the case of, of other uh, managers, when you get into this personal agenda, you knew of, of one manager who, whether it was stated or unstated, but when you, when was, you know, when they, uh, municipality kind of delved into some of the, some of his uh, actions, he, had in his mind, he wanted to square off the city limits. So he wanted a perfect square or rectangle. He didn't want all these little, you know, <laughs> jogs along property lines or whatever that, you know, because there's, I don't know of any, well, I want to say I don't know of any, I, I know of very few municipalities who have, you know, a nice uh, even rectangle that right. they call their, you know, their boundaries anyway. But that was his, uh, his particular agenda. And it, all it did was uh, resulted in irritating uh, the surrounding uh, townships as mm -hmm. they tried to annex properties, you know. So, right. uh, and, and ultimately, left, you know, resulted in his uh, uh, departure from that from that municipality. 
In another instance, um, I heard of a candidate who, who during their interview with the, uh, the council, um, and I don't think it was a, was prompted by a, a question. I mean, certainly if, if council asked you this particular question, it'd probably be okay to answer it, but he was given a, you know, an opportunity, I guess, to make some observations. Well, his observations included going over a laundry list of everything he saw wrong in the community. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know, uh, expounding on that during during their interview, and I, I, I don't think that's a good tactic to use uh, in an interview. Certainly, and, and the candidate wasn't selected um, as a result. In my you know my uh, experience, uh, uh, elected officials and the public in general like to see their own community sort of as the center of the universe. They care about what's going on, you know, outside of their communities and the surrounding, you know, communities or in their state or in the, in the country or the world for that matter. But you have to really, you have to really uh, consider that, you know, what's important to them is their local community. So, sure. sure. Uh, well, one, one, Jay, one of the things that occurs to me as you're talking about these interview situations in particular you have individuals who may be coming into positions like that, and particularly if you're familiar, you know, as we have in Michigan, a lot of smaller units of government. You may very well have people who are applying for manager positions who have, they have a frame of reference that's not a lot different than any other member of the public. And so they're, they don't have a lot, of, uh, a lot of experience that allows them to understand some of the nuances of working in a council manager system uh, and uh, how those, you know, how comments about the municipality and the culture of the municipality, um, you know, may be in, unique to that place uh, and be one that you know, everyone there is very comfortable with, you know, they, they don't have a way of under, they don't have that larger context within which to consider that. And so I think that really does tend to support a little bit, uh, maybe not the Bozo explosion, but that sometimes you see in people who are moving up in positions, they don't have, they don't know all they need to know before they're, uh, before they're being considered for a position. What happens with managers is it's a very public interview situation. And as a consequence, those statements that uh, would otherwise happen behind closed doors are happening out there where uh, the public and the news media and uh, certainly the people that are going to employ them and, and work with them are all, are all able to see that particular weakness in their background well and, and the other thing too is is you know uh, given some uh, latitude for the elected officials that are doing the conducting the interviews you know they have a limited amount of time oftentimes uh, you know less than two hours uh, certainly uh, to evaluate whether a candidate has the right personality for their municipality Correct. and I think that I think that the personality is is really critical. I mean, certainly your education and experience are are important, but personality making that you know that particular fit, um, you know, for the for the community. So well, absolutely, and I and I think that's an entirely legitimate. Um, perspective for councils to bring to that interview process with managers. You know, if you've, if you've made it to the interview, the chances are you have the education and prior experience uh, that has, you know, you've checked those boxes on the list where either the council or the search consultant have already evaluated and determined that, you know, you meet that threshold. Then you're really talking about 
some soft skills, including you know, how do you going to relate to members of the public, to the staff, to the council? Uh, how do you come across? It's all that fit within the culture. And that's a conversation I've had on a number of occasions with department heads when they've been hiring. You know, hire first for fit uh, as long as somebody has the minimum qualifications and they're teachable. The rest of it they can learn, but they're never they're unlikely to learn the fit if they come in and they are going to be a fish out of water. Right, and that, that's exactly right. Um, and then to kind of consider, you know, elected officials, I've experienced a number of situations where, where people were motivated to run for uh, public office in, in the local municipalities because there was a particular issue that upset them, for instance, you know, and that, mm-hmm. not that they uh, really had the best interest of the community in mind uh, necessarily. So they find themselves, you know, running on the basis that, you know, a change is needed and they happen to get get elected, but they might have a particular uh, agenda item. I, uh, one instance I can think of, uh, this person who, who was elected, uh, I think their motivation in large part was due to the fact that they had a dispute with the municipality over their water and sewer bill and how they thought it should have been calculated and they wanted to, they, you know, their thinking was is they could get on, on council and and somehow manipulate that to their advantage. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's resulted in a lot of, of angst between council members in this particular instance. And, uh, you know, it hasn't hasn't changed anything. I mean, the, uh, the utility rates have been you know, verified by having uh, a, a significant rate study done a, f- a couple of years prior to that. So there was a justification for what the rates needed to be and what everybody else was paying. And this, in this particular instance, they, uh, they appealed to the uh, utility review board and the utility review board uh, declined to take any, any action on their request, basically, other than mm-hmm. to listen to their rationale on it. But you now the person's an elected official and, and finding they found themselves, I think, largely unprepared for some of the other issues that you have to deal with. I mean, being an elected official, you aren't dealing with just that one particular issue. You're dealing with a whole host of, of items. Right. So, right. And, yeah, and, and, you have to, and you have to cultivate support among other council members. Yeah, but there's also an obligation, I think, on the part of, of managers to understand what the motivations of council members are and to try and educate them as to the broader role that they have there. You know, I've certainly had council members who've come onto councils who came in as single issue or limited issue uh, uh, candidates um, that, you know, I still had to sit down and do the same orientation with them that I did for any council member. I think in all the years that I did orientations for council, offered orientations for newly elected council members, I only had one instance in which a council member refused to come in for that meeting. And he only lasted for a couple of years on the council. Uh, You know, the rest of them, uh, you know, and it varied in terms of what they were going to pick up from that. But I think we do have an obligation uh, as managers with new, you know, with new council members to give them a little bit better understanding and help them be more effective in in their job. And the reason, there's a a, uh, stake we have in them becoming better council members, uh, which is that otherwise they're going to 
to find their time uh, frustrating, and they will carry out that frustrating uh, that frustration um, with actions or behaviors or uh, issues that are not constructive. Um, and I think that you know broadening out that their personal agendas, I think, can help to help to overcome that. return to Manager Brothers Lessons Learned in a moment. Do you have a topic you would like Greg and Jay to explore? Are you interested in being a guest on Lessons Learned? Do you have comments about this episode? You can write Greg and Jay using the contact form at gregllc.com slash lessons. That's G-R-E-G-G-L-L-C dot com slash lessons. All of these things have a have an impact on uh, the, the manager's decision on you know the length of their tenure, I guess too. Yeah. Uh, if if they feel like you know, I, I always try to try to do the same thing: invite council members to come in and see me whenever they need to, and to try to provide some you know, uh, guidance, education, uh, answer their questions, and and uh, you know all of that. So mm-hmm. um, it wasn't always successful. I remember to remember in one particular instance. Um, you know, I, I was always curious as to uh, what the vote was when when they offered me the position, and I don't think I ever knew that. But uh, this one council member would come in frequently, uh, which probably became all too frequently, in my opinion, after a <laughs> while, because every time they came in, they were saying, "I think you should resign. I think you should resign." They always ended, "I think you should resign," and I'd say, "What? What's you know? What's behind this? You know?" And yeah. I could never never could get any concrete uh, uh, ideas from them. In fact, I went so far as at one point, I said, have you discussed this with your other fellow council members? Well, no, why would I do that? <laughs> well, you know, if you, if you have seven votes, it's going to take four to end, right. you know, end my contract. But uh, I didn't explain it that way. But I mean, that was what I was thinking. But, you know, see, so it, it went through that, that particular uh, assignment with, you know, that little bit of a gray cloud, I guess. I, just, I didn't let it bother me in particular, but you always wondered, you know, what's the motivation behind that? But um, Well, and, and uh, you know, and again, that's, that's a part of the unknowns, I think, that people who do come into, uh, you know, do come into the management profession uh, think that all that's required is to be competent and do a good job, and they don't understand necessarily the politics that they're going to find and the personalities uh, that they'll that they'll be uh, that they'll be dealing with. And you know, right. I, I have had I had one council member uh, in particular in my career who uh, was not good at consensus building. And I think he found his time on council very frustrating. He'd come from a business background. He was accustomed to giving orders and having people follow orders. And he didn't understand. He thought that if, if he said something and it was a good idea, that everybody was going to fall in line and that was all it was going to take. And he had a, you know, his personality was one that rubbed people the wrong way. And I, you know, when I first started working with him, I found, you know, I found he could 
push my buttons fairly easily, and then discovered, oh, wait a minute, that's his strategy. That's how he gains an upper hand. And once I realized that, then it didn't work anymore. And I ended up with a good relationship with him. He was a fine council member, but it took him a while to understand the dynamics of working in that kind of an environment. Uh, if, if, you know, they come on, they have their agendas, and if they don't have the skill set necessary to uh, to uh, work in that kind of, uh, of a collaborative way, uh, that that can be a frustration for them. A part of what I do when I did and continue to do in talking with councils is to emphasize what those skills are that will help make them effective. And clearly working collaboratively with others and building consensus uh, gets you a long way. I, I interviewed once for it's an interim position many years ago, and it was council member. He was right at the end of his time on council, served for, I think, four years. And he had found his time on the council to be very, very frustrating. He felt that he would have had a better opportunity if I had been there to work with during that period of time, but that's not the experience he had had. He didn't know, you know, he, he went away feeling very dissatisfied with the time. And he was a very competent individual, but he felt very dissatisfied with his experience on council. Yeah, I, and I've seen that too. Um, in, in you know all my assignments, there were certain council members that would come in the office and meet with me. Uh, you know, had questions or just you know, just to come in, just to stop in sometimes, just to say hi or whatever. But there were always there were always council members that you rarely saw outside of a council meeting. You know, mm -hmm. you would invite them to come in and, and then they would get into council meetings sometimes and they would ask questions that had already been addressed or uh, had, had, had gone out and, you know, I always tried to give some summary of, of uh, uh, agenda items, you know, what have you. It was obvious that they hadn't read the agenda right. uh, items at all, you know. So they, they would have been wise to come in, you know, even if they didn't read the packet, it would be wise to come in and talk with the manager and have a little bit more of an understanding of what the, you know, what all these documents were, you know, were about, what the issue was about, and, you know, the pros and cons and, and what have you, instead of struggling, you know, through the council meeting. Yeah. Um, and I can think of, in one particular instance, uh, we had, had a couple of council members that uh, decided that the village should never have um, uh, any any cash reserves at the end of the year that if there was any money left over it should be returned to the taxpayers you couldn't you know there was no no need for a rainy day fund and I tried to educate them repeatedly about that's not you know that's not a healthy way to budget certainly and uh, uh, they ended up uh, ultimately resigning you know mm -hmm. from uh, from the from the council but uh, uh, and part of that was is because they were there were two people out of the seven that couldn't agree on a budget or whatever, but the budget still got passed by yeah. the other by the other five members. Yeah, so, yeah. So Jay, so, what you know? I, this has been a fairly wide-ranging discussion, uh, yes. maybe maybe more so than you originally anticipated when you led this off, because I kept interrupting you. <laughs> but, that's okay. <laughs> this is supposed oh, to be dialogue, and that's what is that's that what about. it is? We've it is. we've you know, we've always done this. You know, we we we've habitually interrupted one another throughout our entire lives. <laughs> that's just the way we. That's the way we we've uh, talked. You have to you, when when either you or I, we we have to be have a clear sense 
of where we're going because we always end up in tangents uh, on tangents that uh, we never never intended to, to to go on. But as we're looking to kind of you know a few minutes we have left here, what you know what are the some of the lessons that you think uh, are the most important to learn out of uh, out of this far uh, wide ranging discussion? You know, certainly the certainly the, the keeping pathways for discussion for you know for conversation open um, you know with with your elected officials but also um, keeping the pathways open to, you know with fellow uh, municipal managers you know I think that that's that's really critical and and I know of managers that uh, you don't see at you know, I th- and I think I've said this before. You right. don't see them at, at, at conventions and, and regional meetings and what and what have you. And I always question, well, you know, why is that? Because not only do they have something that they could glean from those, you know, the, those discussions and conversations, but they also have something they could share with other managers right. who have less experience uh, or less less experience in a particular situation. So I. Uh, strongly encourage that for managers, at, at, you know, no matter what their tenure is. Yeah, I, and I agree with that. And I, I think that uh, there's always opportunities for all of us to learn. You know, as long as I've been doing this, the 40 years that I've been a city manager, there's still something in every municipality that I go to as an interim manager, for example, where I'm learning something that I didn't uh, didn't know before. They're doing something that is, uh, is either uh, unique to them uh, in terms of a service that they have or a way in which they go about doing things that, uh, that is unique that I've not had um, prior uh, personal experience with. Uh, and that's certainly the case in all the many local governments that we have in Michigan, small and large alike, that there are interesting variations on what's going on. And it's always something that you can pick up from, you know, from a colleague. Um, and I think that also among the challenges we face, and you certainly highlighted this, that, that challenge of working with elected officials uh, is one that, you know, there's always something new to learn. There's always somebody that's seeing something different. And particularly when there are maybe things that are going on in the larger society that are giving rise to uh, different types of counts, uh, individuals who are coming onto those council roles who may come in with a, a, a political agenda that we're not accustomed to seeing, particularly those of us that have worked in nonpartisan uh, governments with nonpartisan elections. Uh, those are things that uh, I think are very useful for us to have some sensitivity to uh, so that if, if we see it in our roles, then we, you know, we have some frame of reference for that well and, and if, you know, as you could probably speak to this better than I uh, can in, as far as municipal management goes but over the course of time uh, you know you've seen uh, conditions evolve you know whether it's mm-hmm. you know coming down from the federal and state level to us and what impact that has on the smaller you know the local communities uh, but conditions just change and the, the one that's probably most um, familiar right now is, you know, what happened in, in 2020 with the mm-hmm. uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic that, that that threw everybody for a loop because we didn't know, you know, what it was and how long it was going to last and what kind of precautions you have to take. And, Correct. Uh, you know, we, uh, many of us, you know, worked remotely for a period of time. And then we also faced issues with uh, is it an, an invasion of somebody's rights to not wear, you know, a, right 
face face covering when they come into public office and uh, we certainly had I had certainly had challenges with people coming in and uh, intentionally recording confrontation you know, in, in, you know uh, initiating confrontation and then mm -hmm. recording it to post you know on the internet or whatever so uh, you know those there there's I don't think there's a manual that tells you how to deal with those particular situations no no, no although you know, what I've commented about that is that we were all thrust into that uh, overnight essentially uh, but many of us adapted very, very well and very, very quickly to that. And I think that that's really a testament to, uh, to the competence of a lot of people who are in these roles, uh, at, uh, you know, particularly the professionals, to say, you know, we can figure this out and, you know, we know what the issues are. We'll come up with some creative solutions. And uh, the challenge that we now face is that we have demonstrated to the public that we have can be far more responsive than we might have been before, and they're not willing to give that up. Now, right. even though the pandemic is uh, is officially over, uh, there's that expectation that we've created that we can be far more responsive, uh, perhaps, than we even thought possible before and find some creative ways to d deliver services and, and be in contact with the public and, uh, you know, and basically provide you know, 24 hour a day government in essence, because we can handle so many things remotely that, you know, that we didn't do before. Right. And in some cases, you know, that that change has occurred and we won't ever go back to the way things were before in, in some respects, uh, maybe not so much in our profession, but we you know, with other professions. Uh, and in just a second here, I did want to mention before we do uh, conclude here that today's episode is sponsored by the uh, Mutton Chops and Mullets Festival held each May in Muskellunge, Minnesota. Uh, the festival is a fundraiser for the Muskellunge Area Alliteration and Assonance Association, or MA. They use the proceeds to send two Cullen County Consolidated School students to poetry camp each summer. Check MA's website for dates of the 2024 festival and start growing out your hair and whiskers. Uh, Jay, I think that we ought to plan to uh, to maybe try and make a trip out there uh, to see that, although I don't think I'm capable of growing mutton chops uh, and I really don't want a mullet. But um, but we are we are appreciative of uh, of that sponsor and uh, we'll be looking for other sponsor opportunities as we go along here. Uh, next episode, we're going to be talking about uh, handling anonymous complaints. Uh, with that, uh, I think we're going to wrap up. Uh, have a great day, Jay. All right, thank you as well. Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the show. Manager Brothers Lessons Learned is a production of Greg Guidance, LLC, a multi-specialty consulting firm offering interim management, group process facilitation, workflow analysis, operational studies, and more to local governments in Michigan and beyond.